0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Glenn Asher, the title guy. Uh, We are doing an audio cast today with a very special guest. Um, I would like to welcome an incredible woman, um, someone I look up to, someone I've worked with in the past for many years, um, and the incomparable CEO of the top real estate team in America, the Eklund Homes team. Uh, Julia Spillman, who will be joining us shortly, um, is a Kentucky native, a a former banker, and the, as I call her, the Wizard of Oz, um, a philanthropist, um, a leader in the real estate industry, a role model to to many women, uh, men, and and aspiring CEOs, um, as well as entrepreneurs. Uh, she has a very tough job as uh, a mother to a ton of agents, to some big personalities, to um, multiple cities around the country as she uh, grows the team and an incredible team that is. Um, so I'd like to welcome uh, Julia Stillman. Julia, thank you so much for your time. I know uh, time management, although it's it's one of your biggest. Strong suits. Um, You're a very busy woman. So I want to extend a thank you. And, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Julie's going.
1: Oh, amazing. Thank you, Glenn. And most importantly, thank you for all the support for so many of our Florida agents over the many years that we've been working together.
0: Uh, That's that's my pleasure. So, Julia uh, runs a team of of how, how many people now, Julia? About 75, 80.
1: No, it's growing. We actually have been on a hiring spree. I feel like while everybody's kind of been pulling back and you're reading about a lot of layoffs and, you know, changes in the market, we've really been doubling down and increasing the sales force, obviously looking for opportunities in each of our markets and most importantly, trying to pick up more market share. So we we just went on kind of a, or should I say, maybe we're in the middle of a um, a hiring spree now. So, we are 95 agents and a little over a hundred, including our staff. Wow. So a lot, a lot of people, as you said, a, a lot of children that, um, <laughs> I am very, very fortunate to be kind of the, the mother bird to.
0: So, so, um, my history, um, with the team is, you know, way back in the day, just about when, when, um they launched million dollar listing i used to work with frederick and john who i've known even longer um from new york city uh, to help them you know do some of their broker open events and and they were uh, a, a big inspiration to me in introductions that they made when i first came down to florida um, it's going to be seven years now um and luckily enough it was a great kickoff um just like um the top team in america for real estate my team is the top title residential team uh, closing over four billion uh, a couple of years ago and and consistently uh, staying on top of our game and 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 always always trying as you do to to grow uh, with technology, mm-hmm. with marketing, with PR. Um, so it, it's an inspiration to to work with uh, such a great organization within a great organization. so uh, thank you. Well, thank you. So, so let me ask you, so coming from Kentucky as a, you know, with a banking background and, and, you know, when did you get into real estate? how did you become the CEO? And, uh, and how, how does the story fold out?
1: <laughs> Good question. So I'm getting ready to hit my 12 years at Douglas Elliman in a couple of weeks. So, um, you know, which is crazy to think, but at the same time, you know, I feel like I kind of grew up there. So I was at Merrill Lynch and HSBC before, which I really loved, incredibly proud of obviously working at both, you know, organizations, but I felt, you know, very limited there. You know, we, we were eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner there. And I think for me, I felt very removed from the customer experience. So, you know, worked on a lot of really, really great deals, but I didn't really get to like emotionally experience them. So, you know, I'm there hearing from some of my top clients about buildings they're buying, um, you know, refinancing of great projects, JVs they're doing down to more of consumer level of, you know, they're out and about with their broker or their interior designer. And then I felt like I was getting the black and white appraisals of this, you know, and hearing kind of like the highlight reel, so when my husband and I moved from, or we were engaged at the point when we moved from Florida to New York um, for his work, I thought to myself, like, if there was ever a time to kind of switch from being a little bit behind the scenes to the real estate sell side, you know, now is the time to, to try it. So so I started 12 years ago at Douglas Elliman, started with the Ariel Cohen team, who was who's been one of my amazing mentors in the business. I didn't even know how to ride the subway. I had no clue Ooh. how to, to do a lease. I couldn't have sold someone something, even if I had a life buyer. So I really went from a very prestigious banking job to like, okay, wow, we're literally starting over. Cause everybody always says, oh, I've got all these connections and this and that. And I had that as well. I had, you know, access to, you know, some of the biggest players in wall street, but even if I had them, I wouldn't have known what to do with them. And I think that's the piece that everybody gets a little dizzy on is just because you know, a lot of the right people doesn't mean that you know what to do. And it doesn't mean that they're going to trust you when you don't have that experience. So I always say like, starting out in the business, you're actually doing yourself a service. If you start really from the ground and work your way up, Um, you know, so like working on rentals, working open houses, it's a very humbling experience the first couple of years of real estate. And, you know, but I always say like, as much as I have a little bit of PTSD from those days, like that is what created the workhorse that I am now. And, you know, I'm very thankful to Ariel and his team because I really learned how to hustle. And instead of working on these like really intricate, prestigious deals, I was doing open houses for like $4,000 rentals and so it really taught me how to do the volume and then I was able to learn how to like scale the business and a lot of the skills that I have applied to now leading the number one team in the country came from like the early days of really like learning real estate at its complete core um you know and I'm I'm always I'm always very thankful so I say to agents You don't get to skip the line. And most importantly, you don't want to, because that's where really a lot of like the skill sets in this industry to set you apart is created.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, as a former teacher myself, you learn a lot teaching uh, for presentations in the future, which Mm -hmm. obviously I've done a lot of. And then you know I, I attribute a lot to sports and and also to you know working in restaurants mm-hmm. and learning what to do first and how to categorize things and how to use time management um, to 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 the best of my ability and and you know I know that your time management is impeccable because we we've worked together before and, and mm-hmm. it has to be right and you have to start um, and learn from from the core. And, yeah. and experience the fails and learn from them and 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 grow and then you know over a 12-year period to go from you know listing rentals and running around new york city trying to make make time during traffic in the train i i could only imagine um to, to where you are now is just you know it's it's incomparable sure that was a, a big challenge for you in the beginning so so what is
1: what are the now what are the challenges and how do you work with I, I mean, there's, I mean, every day, I mean, I, one of the things that I really loved about like switching over to this side versus the finance side was every day is a new day. Now that's not always in, in the, the best sense, but like, you know, it's not like, okay, I go into the office at 637. We, you know, here's the routine. Like every day is pretty much just the wild, wild west and anybody that knows me and most importantly, anybody that emails with me knows that I'm a super early bird. So I really kept my banking hours and I feel like that really has set the tone for being able to be proactive. So I get up in the morning. I am, you know, as you said, I am crazy about time management because for so long I tried to figure out how we add more time into the 24 hour day I wasn't able to master that. So the only thing I can do is make my days more efficient. But I think where brokers really snag themselves up is they're not proactive enough. Now, being in this business, we all know that like there's only so much you can control. But the things that you can control, especially the time management element of it, you have to be at 110%. So when a bomb does get dropped, because it will get dropped, you actually are in a better place to anticipate it and be able to react versus you know and again everybody's got their sleep schedule and their schedules that work for them but if you're waking up late in the day you're already behind the eight ball and then at that point stuff's coming in and you're a little bit more like your energy like you're already behind and then you're trying to catch up with no ability to so I think you know Getting up in the morning, or again, if you're night out, really planning that before you you do go to bed. But, like, for example, anybody that's around me knows when that phone rings, I, I have an alarm on it. So I go in the morning and I set if I have calls, like for example, you know, we were touching base on this at five o'clock. So at four fifty nine, that alarm goes off. So I know I am either to be headed to get into a car or I'm dialing into a Zoom, or I'm dialing into a call. I don't care at what level you are in this business. A client does not wait for you in my book. So people always comment, even at the level that I'm on, about how thorough and on top of things that I am. Because again, you are still at every level creating that trust that like you're in control and you've got this. And I think that why I've been able to lead so many agents, most of which have are much more experienced and much more senior than me when they come, you know, come to work for us, I've been able to lead them into battle successfully is because they know that I'm on top of everything. And, you know, I'm creating that confidence from day one that I've got this and I've got them. And if you can't say that in your day-to-day schedule of life, there's no way you're going to be able to lead clients and individuals and employees down that very, very windy road with you.
0: Well, I, I know that from from uh, personal experience, and and I think that comes with age and maturity in the business. Mm-hmm. You know, when you start off, you're you're running and gunning and working as many hours as you physically can, and, and you know, and doing the best you can to to make ends meet and do what you have to do. On, on the flip side, as you get older, you know, at least for myself, I know I'm up at 4:30 in the morning. And I'm usually, yeah, you and
1: I email very, very (laughs) early because, you know, it's all outbound
0: pretty much, right. It's all, it's all, you know, getting your, your things to do list accomplished, getting on top of your Mm -hmm. day, setting the pace for the week, the month, the the marketing, the outbound stuff, whatever needs to be done while you're not being interrupted and, Mm -hmm. and playing, you know, fireman all day.
1: And I always say one of the things like I think is my biggest pet peeve is everybody wants to like you know, in our world, like we're just moving so fast all day long. And anybody that knows me knows grammar from Kentucky. I take a lot of pride, obviously, in that, but like grammar maybe wasn't my subject. And but I always say, you know, I really own that. I always say, like, you know, you're going to get one or two things from me. You're either going to get sales or you're going to get spelling. I am really the best in the world at one of those. The other is like an embarrassment. So I own it very early on to clients. But they know, and I, I use examples like they will always get replies from me. You're not, I'm not gonna be the person that sits down at nine, 10, you know, 11 o'clock and sends an essay. Because if you really think about it, and a lot of brokers I think are really bad about this because they, they want to, you know, everything needs to be proofread, it needs to be this and that. No, no, no. Clients want attention and they want results. And I think why John, Fred, and I in our organization has really been able to move faster than everyone is because it's not always perfect but it's done immediately and the results are obtained so yes if you went back and you looked at the grammar and the punctuation on the emails like i am scoring an f minus but if you go back to attention to the client the customer service and most importantly you know being proactive with it sure. we're going to get an a plus which that is what's ultimately going to lead to the results Not a beautiful written essay, which at the end of the day, most of these clients don't have the attention span, nor are they looking at it. Because if you send that, yeah, you send that 10 hours later. And again, it might be the most beautiful piece of literature they've ever seen, but they've gone through this emotional roller coaster of, okay, you are in charge of their biggest asset and you're not thinking of them. So I'd rather fire off something that's going to be grammatically a little bit uh, of a mess them knowing that again, I am thinking about the results for them and their family instead of I'm thinking about the punctuation and how this is going to be delivered, you know, in a more grammatical standpoint.
0: So so one of my one of my developer clients who's been a friend for a really long time, he he may be the worst uh speller in in the history of, of uh real estate. So so for Christmas I sent him a speaking spell. But his ideas are brilliant and he just, you know, short and directly to the point because because the attention span, like you said, is not um,
1: it's not there. It's not there.
0: It's not there. there. We're all multitasking. It's difficult to manage everything at the same time. So with with that being said, um, you know, how do you you're always traveling. You're always, you know, charity events. You're you're on panels. You're managing huge personalities. You know interrupted by tv and media and social and digital and, and developers and all of it um it, it's like a new york city traffic i'm sure i have today um <laughs> you know how, how do you manage your personal life and i know from our friendship um that you you know you are challenged with an autoimmune disease my mm-hmm. wife is also challenged with it you know some days i know that Getting up is not the easiest thing in the world and, and certainly performing at the level that you need to be at and you demand on yourself um, is sometimes challenging and difficult. So how, how do you deal with that? Because, you know, it's tough. It's tough. Even older, mature adults who are trying to get to the next level of business, that's the thing that they lack in their life. Both-
1: you know, I'm I'm probably one of the most disciplined individuals that you'll ever meet. But I also think that that wasn't something I was like completely born with. It was a byproduct of I want to do this and I want to do great things and, you know, hear of my shortcomings. And like I said, I'm very upfront with those, but I'm a very organized individual, I'm a very disciplined, but most importantly, I'm a very honest person with my partners. And obviously, you know, my partners so well. And so many of the team, you know, we surround ourselves with amazing, amazing people. And like our staff that works for us, you know, as I would say, my girls, um, especially that help with like the calendar and like shuttling me all over, you know, the Mm -hmm. world at this point, you know, we make sure that, you know, one, we're very upfront. I think one of the biggest challenges for me was having to be very honest about dealing with a lot of health issues while we were really at the height of our expansion. And the only way that I was going to be able to deal with that was if I essentially asked for help, which maybe was not a great skill set of mine beforehand, but I had to really put my pride aside and say, to not only my partners but my team, you know, these are the things that I'm struggling with, and this is when I'm struggling with, and this is how I need help, and like really asking for help, which again I've never been really great with, but I've really like realized, you know, one of the things when I kind of hit a lot of health issues and burnout from all the expansion, I went to this place called um, the Golden Door, and John and Fred actually gave it to me as a holiday gift, um, you know, an amazing, amazing gift, and it was. Five or six days without, you know, any internet, without any phone. And it really was to like rehabilitate me and like um, recharge me. And it was such a great lesson to me because I was probably a bit of a micromanager before. And I remember powering on like so vividly, like my laptop, my iPhone, my iPad. And here I thought like, oh my gosh, there's going to be all these things that fell through the crack, this, that, whatever. And it was the greatest exercise for me to realize that like we've built this great team. We have such great people. And I've got to let them continue to take space and grow and trust them because not one thing, not one thing slipped the entire week. Um, and it was a reminder to me that okay, yes, in my mind, maybe with a few of these things be done better if I was micromanage them. Yes, you could probably argue that, but most importantly everything was done. And I think that was a big from like an entrepreneur, like, you know, uh, leadership role was a big step in the right direction because it was like, wait a second, like these people have got me and these are my people. And I need to make sure that I'm really invested in them growing, them taking up more space, them feeling fulfilled instead of like micromanaging the process because I'm better served in other capacities. Um, so I always like say like, you it's one thing to say that like you trust your 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 team and this, that, whatever. And it's another to really challenge that and see if the system breaks or if you built it correctly. And then you can kind of keep building, building from there. And that was probably almost like probably about four years, ago, almost actually to the week. Um, because it was right before we launched Miami. And it was the only time I could like take enough downtime to really feel comfortable kind of stepping away from everything. But, you know, I had to really put myself out there and and ask for help. And most importantly, I think by doing that, I was able to grow a lot as a leader.
0: There, There is no there is no teaching that 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 no. you know, to, to relinquish <laughs> to relinquish you know ego and be able to self evaluate and and ask for help it's it's a very difficult thing for a lot of people to do it's obviously very honorable and and look it worked, right and and yeah we're in a it was world a big where, growing yeah. yeah we're in a world where where whatever works works and and you use it to get better and stronger um and, and you know the expansion of the team from New York to Miami to LA to Texas. Um, You know, are there any other markets that are, you know, that are ready to go, number one? Um, and, And number two, you know, Trend setting is obviously difficult when you're in the mix, right? How, how to be uh, forward facing and, and look to the future and use trends and technology mm-hmm. in, in a in a in a very I don't want to say stale market because a lot of things have grown technology wise in the last couple of years. Um, but while you're growing and while you're busy and closing deals and dealing with problems and and, and worrying about compliance and you know, it's it, it's not easy. So so. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you how do you deal with that, keeping trend setting and, and maintaining that that competitive edge that you have um, and, and still staying productive and focused at the same time?
1: You know, I think it's I think that's where one of the many places where the agents are so critical to us. You know, I would say like they're really like our eyes and ears. You know, I stepped back from really running showings on my own, gosh, probably now, like almost five four and a half five years ago. So they have became my eyes and ears. And I always say like all the great things that I have done for this industry and our team are really, I'm so fortunate to get a little bit of the credit for because what it is, is it's this agent in Florida telling me about this system. It's another one in California that said, oh, we've been working with this, but you know this is what's wrong with it. And then us working with Douglas Element to say, okay, let's beta test with this company XYZ product. And they're, you know, so- I'm really able to kind of like cheat a lot of that because I have so much of like the best talent in this industry, kind of whispering my ear their needs or the things they love or dislike about products, and then we're very fortunate with our relationship with Douglas Elliman to sometimes like custom create some of those pieces or to beta test you know different pieces that are coming into the industry that we can really kind of put our mark and name on. So, so is that the
0: is, is that the 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 reason that it's element because because they're pliable because they're workable because you guys have a long-standing relationship Mm -hmm. i i believe in them you know howard is 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 an amazing man he's accomplished amazing things you know i I do a ton of business with you guys and as you know i have a a venture with with element in florida where the choice um strategic partner and title company um so so is that is that why it's element
1: you know, it, like there's so many reasons it's element, And, you know, is, is you know, you probably saw in the news, you know, we just resigned. I mean, I know they say it's a five year deal. I would say it's like our retirement deal, because here's the thing is, you know, and obviously, you know, there's nobody that keeps on with trends more than us. But I always say like the words trend is trend is used for a reason. And I think it's also, we don't want to be a trend. We want to be the tried and true and you know, it, it is very interesting, some of these brokers breaking off and doing their own thing, but also too, like, they're not us in the sense of like, maybe they're one market or two markets, maybe they're 10 people, maybe they're, it, they're not the behemoth that we are in this industry. And I don't think there's another place that could really house what we are. You know, we're five states, we're 13 markets, we're, as you said, we're 95 huge personalities um you know and most importantly we're a new development machine so like what howard has built with his team really fits exactly what we're doing and you know my mentor who was at douglas elliman Horatio LaDon, who built out the florida new dev and the california new dev you know we kind of mirrored a bit of like what they did and the way that they expanded and rolled out these markets and the things that Kotler has done with expanding to Nevada and Texas, like we actually aligned and went with them. So for us, it's like the power of the alignment with them is so huge. And then also too, to have a business mentor like Howard, like Dick Lampin, so many of the people that we have access to that I talk to sometimes on a daily basis is why I've been able to go from not being able to ride a subway and write a lease 12 years ago to now the position that I'm in. And we're, we're very, very fortunate to have them as a partner to have the new development arm, you know, Susan's and her team are so amazing. So, So it's kind of like, yes, could we detach tonight and start up our own brokerage? Absolutely. But do we really want to rebuild things that they have built so well um and most importantly it takes away from the things that John Fred and I are best suited to do and that really is to be these these super brokers whether it's focused on you know big dollar resells whether it's developments recruiting other top agents and then we're going to be running legal and pr and hr and you know all of a sudden like i have a as you know at work like that stuff doesn't sound fun to me you know I can't imagine a day going by without Ken Haber you know one of Howard's right hands that runs you know legal or Brian Cohen who yeah. you know the COO for the development arm like to pay to find a replacement and then pay them I just don't think the numbers from the P&L really flesh out the way that people from like reading it are like oh well this Chinese split or you would own all of it it's You know, I'm pretty damn good with numbers. Uh, uh, It, It 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 it's really not that great. Um, you know, at the end of the day, once you go and have to like build all of that, but also too, I don't think most people in this industry, you know, while I was never a great super broker, most super brokers are not great businessmen and women, and I think that's the problem: is they're wearing too many hats. And you know, again, I. I have a lot of friends that have broken off and have done that model and I wish them the best. And obviously I'm cheering them on, but I think if anybody knows what's going on in the market and how to do it from a business standpoint, it's us. And I do Mm -hmm. think it says something that, you know, we're, we're staying at DE and we do think that is the best model for, for success.
0: Yeah. I I could, uh, you know, attribute that to 23 years at KB. Um, You know, people say, oh, why don't you do it on your own? Mm-hmm. why would i you know i have yeah. to i have to, I have <laughs> to try it through the platform and it works and, and 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 you know i'm very loyal to my team just like you are and mm-hmm. I, you know i believe that i work for them like you believe you know you work for them and and you know it's it's very a lot of similarities so I, i'm gonna wrap up with it with an important question and you know i, I I call you the Wizard of Oz because you just <laughs> I make like things that happen. One. you just make things happen behind the scenes. Um, I know you personally and I know what you do um but, but a lot of people don't see you as much as they do obviously mm-hmm. Fred and, and and John and what have you. So you know, I, I don't believe in in the CEO woman card question um because because I see you as as a business mogul rather than you know a woman CEO. Um, I, I don't think that that you're, you ever play that part either uh, because you work your ass off and blow people out of the water than women or indifferent. But there's a lot of young women entrepreneurs that, that want to become CEOs um, in a challenging market like real estate, for instance, or, or some other business. Um, what's the best advice that you can give to younger aspiring um entrepreneurs that that have Mm -hmm. you know high aspirations and goals to reach levels that you have maybe not in the time frame that you did because that's you know not not doable for i'm not i'm not as young
1: as as people think that i am unfortunately but you know i think i think the big thing is is you know and i grew up in kentucky and i grew up not only in kentucky but in a very very small town um in kentucky so The way that my father and, you know, my mother, but really my father raised me was that, you know, and I think this is the mindset that I still lead with, but there wasn't, and he wanted a boy so bad and he got, you know, he got two very girly girls um, and, you know, but he really instilled in me that. There's no reason that I can't do everything that he was doing as a businessman, but also everything that my mother was doing as a homemaker and a loving wife and, you know, very involved in charities. And I always took that like maybe a little too much to heart, but it was always like, okay, well, this person is just a guy and I'm a guy and a girl, like I'm the full package. And, you know, I think it's very much like the mindset of that is to going into any room and you know, I think so many women think, well, I'm the only woman here, and I think of that as like my biggest advantage card. And I think it's going in with kind of like flipping the script. And I think that real estate, you know, whether it's men, um, or excuse me, whether it's gay men or women, I really think we have the advantage card in it. And I think you know, you've got to go in and you've got to play your card. Um, and I think for for women, it's really about like taking ownership of that and really like harnessing that power and really showing people that, you know, you will put the work in. And the thing that I think at the end of the day, John, Fred, and I think is our superpower is really no one can outwork us. And again, as I was saying, you and I are up on emails at four thirty in the morning. We're at, you know, events, you know, talking shop, You've got to put the work in and no matter where you are, and we're very fortunate to be at the top, we're still working harder than anyone else. And anyone that thinks, again, that you can kind of, you know, cheat the system, their shortcuts, you know, we're always going to to beat hands down because while they're busy thinking about, you know, how they're going to shortcut this to this. We're going to put the work in and be ten miles ahead of them.
0: You know, with with that being said, I I always say, and I'll I'll end with this: is you know, it's it's aspiring individuals with hardworking goals that get to be number one, but it's the people with consistency and and determination and persistence that stay at number one. You know, that, Absolutely. That's, that that's the hardest thing. And uh, especially when you're looking in a rear view mirror and everybody's got, a, uh, you know, a knife, a gun and a sword trying to chop you down mm-hmm. and, and you just keep finding them out to
1: And I also think as a woman too, I think, you know, I, hopefully people would still say this about me. Like, I am still a sweetheart. You know, I am a shrewd negotiator, but I am a sweetheart. And there's no one in this industry that isn't at the end of the day Rooting for me, and I'm never going to give someone a reason not to. And I think that we forget sometimes how much, especially in real estate, we need each other. And I think, you know, a lot of the problems that pop up are solved by relationships that I garnered 12 years ago when I was, instead of worried about managing up, which I am great at, I was really worried, you know, really thinking about like managing down in my career. So I can call anyone in this industry and have a great relationship with them. And most importantly, really have a mutual respect for, because I've always treated everyone with respect, because I think we all have to remember if somebody would have counted me out 12 years ago, you know, and been disrespectful, like it's a pretty bad position for them to be in now needing me in this industry. So you never know who someone's going to end up to be. So you've got to treat everyone the right way. And I think that kind of a little bit of that all kind of fleshes itself out. If you're just a good, honest, sweet person, that doesn't mean that you're not an incredibly shrewd negotiator or that you're not feared or respected. It just means that you also just have like a common courtesy for human decency, which unfortunately, you know, sometimes is a bit of an issue in all industries today.
0: I agree a thousand percent. And and you know what? Relationships are everything. And your Mm -hmm. network is everything. Um, With that being said, Julia, once again, I'll see you soon. It was a pleasure as always. I always appreciate your time. I always learn from you and and, and love love your energy and and, uh, enjoy emailing someone else that's uh, hardworking at 4.30 a.m. So um yeah. I'll see you soon. Thanks again. Perfect. And, uh, and we'll be in touch. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Julie Strowman, CEO of Echo at LMU. Have a great day, everyone. i am going so the whole world who I am. Boom. Major look, huh? Yeah, this one is for the books. All these chances I'd suck still I move straight on these rooks now. Hold me up or hold me down, uh, Have my back or hold my crown. Do you miss me or not? But you better give all you got.